Hello, listeners. It's Susan. I just had the chance to sit down with Laura Friedman Williams. You remember her. She's the wonderful author of the memoir, Available, a memoir of sex and dating after a marriage ends. She came last June to sit with me for a special two-part episode honoring the launch of the book in the UK, and you guys loved it and loved her. Well, it's been a year. And in that year, a lot of things have changed. Her divorce has been finalized. She's moved. And now the book is launching here in the U.S. So I sat down with her in her usual way. She shares a very personal, intimate, and poignant view of her final days through the divorce and what it's been like moving into her beyond. So I invite you to listen in and get caught up with Laura Friedman Williams. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is a special bonus author update with Laura Friedman Williams, author of Available, everybody. You guys remember it was a very special two-part episode because I had so much to talk about with Laura back in June of last year. Those two episodes were entitled Sometimes Too Much is just enough. And if you listen to the episode, you'll know why we titled it that way. But now Laura's joining me because this week the book launched in the United States. And I'm so excited. It's, I know you have had a heck of a journey in the past year, um, Laura. So thank you for taking the time. I know you have a lot going on right now, but you squeeze this in. Thank you so much for joining us to tell us what's been happening for you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's such a pleasure to be back talking to you because you were actually, I think, the second person who interviewed me on a podcast. And I've done a lot of podcasts in the last year. Um, so I, I have, you know, you, you were you were one of the first and I appreciated the opportunity to be on. And I think, you know, that was like, I was still getting my groove. Um, but nothing has really changed in the sense that I'm still just saying things that I, I cringe about later. Like I say things that I'm like, wow, why did I feel the need to say that publicly? So in that sense, nothing is different. Well, I think that's why that episode turned out to be a two-parter because uh-huh. there, a, a, you, you have a clarity of thought and ability to really be uh, vulnerable and yeah. clear and forthcoming in what you shared. And I just want to let people know. So since you last came on, the book has been out worldwide, but it really launched in the UK. Um, but since then you've gotten, Vogue has called it gripping, Cosmo called it empowering. I love it that the Financial Times called it joyful. I'm not yeah. quite sure. And then I think the one that's probably uh, most on point is the Daily Mail, which is a huge publication in the UK, called it eye popping. And (laughs) that's about right. (laughs) There is a lot in here in the description. It says uh, uh, no, when you got divorced after 22 years of marriage, 47 year old mother of three, Laura expected her life as she knew it to be over. What she hadn't expected was an incredible one night stand that we hear a lot about mm-hmm. a newfound sexual appetite, which we also hear a lot about there. And here's why 10 men in eight months and that there's plenty of fun to be had after 40. And that's why I, this book, every woman should read this book, whether you're after 40, before 40, married, single, divorced, whatever it is, there is so much 
joy as, as financial time said and power in in what you write here you share so beautifully and freely so i just want to say thank, thank you. you i thank enjoyed you. the book thoroughly and it's so kind of you i really appreciate that thank you and i do think that there is you know 51 now to be clear um so i was 47 when my marriage ended and it's been exactly four years and yesterday would have been my 26th anniversary and I'm 51 now, and the book has been out for almost a year. And it has, you know, it's been a busy year. I moved. That was like the biggest thing for me is that I moved from our family home and um, renovated an apartment. And I'm now here. It is behind me. Uh, now <laughs> yeah, those watching on video get a sneak peek into your new life. <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, much smaller and simpler than my old apartment, but it's mine. And, um, and it's starting to feel like home. So that feels really good. And I got divorced. That's the other big thing that happened. Um, you know, we've been separated and like negotiating the divorce. Um, but we really got into the thick of it starting last summer. It took us until the end of 2021 to finalize it. It was terrible. It was brutal. It was everything I did not want a divorce to be. Um, it took a lot out of me. But it's done and we're on good terms again. I think it was terrible for both of us um, in different ways. And we both felt really demoralized and disappointed in ourselves and in each other by the process. And we're moving on from that because it's the right thing for us and for the kids. So I thought it would break us completely. Like I, I thought there would be no ability to ever like share a holiday again or um, speak civilly to each other again. And, um, and yet, you know, what, where are we in May? We're okay. Yeah. We're fine. You know, yeah. I came back from a business trip in Mexico and brought me fresh coffee beans. You know, we're back, we're back on track. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm so happy and thank you. And, and this is one of the reasons why I had such a wonderful time talking with you in the original episodes is because you share that so freely. And I know there are people out there right now who are listening to this who, who that just resonates. Cause it does for me and my divorce was 20 years ago plus, wow. but it resonates for me because it is, it's a crushing experience that is somehow hard to imagine. And yet the ability on the other side, I mean, you're not that far beyond it if it was just finalized at the end of last year and that you're able to, to move past that and, uh, be, as you just said, we're okay. Uh, that yeah. says a lot. And that gives hope to people. Um, you know, I think available does as well. It's, it's talking about the journey of life and the beyond in a different way, but that's a really poignant point. And I, I very much appreciate your sharing it. Yeah. I think it was very, it was worse than I thought it would be. It was. And when it was all over, he said it was the worst experience of his life. And, um, and we went into it with great integrity. You know, we tried really hard, like we tried to use a mediator. It was a little complicated for us. So we ended up um, just because he's a business owner. So it was a little comp more complicated than like, it wasn't straightforward. And so we did collaborative, but by the end Lovely. of it, we weren't even doing collaborative. The lawyers just had to speak to each other because we had completely fallen apart. And um, I cried a lot. I felt really bereft. I did not think that I was going to get my mojo back. I thought the mojo I had gained during the you know aftermath and the writing of available, I thought, wow, I wrote that book prematurely because I hadn't been divorced yet. And I kind of thought that the separation was the divorce, 
but divorce is different than separation. And I know that now. Um, we were postponing it because we knew it would be tricky. And we just sort of thought like we were managing things fine. So let's just let it keep going. Um, but then he wanted it to be finalized. And it's a relief to me now that it is finalized. But it's, um, you know, you're, everybody's protecting themselves. And it's scary to think of what you're going to lose. I lost a lot of financial security. He has a lot of financial burden and I don't have enough financial security, right? Like that's, <laughs> there's never enough of that to go around, frankly. Right. right. What they kind of say is like, everybody should be a little bit unhappy with what they got. Right. I mean, yeah, that's not the lawyers like to say that I've never in the, in the end, you know, I think the lawyers say if everyone walks away a little bit unhappy, we right. did our job. I've always cringed a little bit at that, yeah. but I'm glad that you do cringe at that. Cause that's yeah. definitely not like a half uh, glass, half full mentality, but, um, it was really bad and, um, it really set us back and I, it set me back at, you know, because I just felt, and I didn't have a home, you know, at the same time I had sold my home and my new home was far from being ready. So I was living at my mom's apartment, um, like sharing a full size futon with my 11 year old daughter. Um, and the second of my three children who went to college in 3,000 miles away in September. So I was feeling really like, wow, I am unmoored completely. I once had a beautiful home with three children. Now I've got one child and we share a full-size futon and we commute to school and I have no place to go during the day because I'm just like a nomad waiting for her to get out of school so we can go back uptown. And it was really, I felt very, um, just unmoored, untethered. I felt like the rug was pulled out for me. So, you know, once the divorce came through and I moved, that helped a lot. But I, I think there was really one moment after we signed our papers, my husband and I we were at the bank, you know, cause we had to get like one more paper notarized. And I was just bereft and I couldn't speak. And he tried to just like make small talk with me. And I became hysterical in the bank. And um, I said to him, are you happy now? is this what you wanted? Like, do you have what you wanted now? And he said, not always, no, uh, this was terrible for me. And I said, no, it was terrible for me. And he said, it was for me too. This was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And uh, he said, but you know, Laura, you wanted this. And I said, I, I didn't want this. You, you did this. And he said, no, you asked for a divorce. And I said, but you had an affair. Right. And it was so interesting because it really drove home for me in that moment, how poor our communication was that um, in his mind, I was driving this train. And in my mind, it was a hundred percent him and we're better without each other. Truly we are. So there was no regret of feeling like, wait, maybe I should have stuck it out. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> on a second. <laughs> don't sign that paper. Yeah. Right. Take back the notary. But it was a very cathartic moment because I don't think either of us had been willing until that moment to see how devastated the other person was. We were just so in our own, we were like fighting for ourselves and we didn't see it. And in that moment, I saw that he was in pain and he saw that I was in pain. I was weeping and he had, he held me physically, which I never, I, like I haven't let him touch me, you know, in four years. And I let him because I was just shaking all over. And then we said goodbye and we went on our separate ways. And I felt like I had just cried a river of tears that was flowing away from me. I felt like this sort of like cleansing, you know, that I had to have this moment with him. It was so emotional.
And, but it, it was I somehow it, like it was really healing for us. And um, that was a few months ago. And, and in that time we really have healed individually and together, you know, I think we're, we're, we're doing the best we can again. And I feel whole again. And I feel good like being in my new space. Um, I'm still dating number six. Uh, yeah, number six has stayed in the game. <laughs> hey guys, if you haven't read the book, now you have to, to understand who number six is. <laughs> and um, I think that's the other thing that's happened in the last year is that I have allowed myself to become attached to him. Um, that was really hard for me. I think that part of my, part of the book, you know, is about my sexual journey and my exploration of like what it meant to be a single woman again and um, to what it meant to be married, what it meant to be monogamous, what it meant to be dating. And I was very scared to be attached to him, just very scared of being hurt again. You know, the betrayal that I felt from my husband was so deep and I wanted to feel that I would never need anybody again, that I had myself. And I still feel that way. I still know, I feel very confident that I'm going to keep growing and learning about myself and that I'm also going to just keep changing. And I no longer hold myself to like one set of beliefs or standards. I feel like whatever I feel now is subject to change. And I owe no one an explanation except for, you know, maybe my children. And maybe number six, if it has to do with him, but that's it. Um, so that, that's been a big change. Wow. Have you had a journey in a year? Yeah, considering. And yeah. he really stood by me. I mean, I have to say this too, is that he's a really good person. Um, you know, sometimes I was worried, like he has a joke with me that he'll say like, oh, is this too routinized for you? Cause I get like, if there's like a domestic routine, you know, I'm like, I'm out, that's it. Like he would clear out like a drawer for me in his apartment. I would be like a deer in headlights. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The face you just made. I mean, he literally was like, I want to tell you something. I don't want you to freak out. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I cleared out a drawer for you. And I was and like, freaked well, out. I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> why do you have to ruin everything by being thoughtful? Gosh, damn it. Yeah. And I was like, when I moved into my new apartment, I'm like, I'm not giving you a set of keys. You know that I'm like, I mean, but I just leave the door unlocked for him instead. So, um, he was so good to me. He really helped. He listened to every, you know, he, he dried every tear I cried. He sat and he just, I learned, I became, I let myself become very vulnerable in front of him. I could not stop crying a lot of the time. So it didn't, it wasn't a choice anymore. Like this man is going to see me. Right. Um, or he's going to leave and he didn't. Or I'm going to leave because I don't yeah. want to be seen like this. But we, we stayed. One night I was so devastated. I went to his apartment. I had a very difficult phone call with my lawyer and I went to his apartment. I got into bed and I sobbed. And I said, I really just want to go to sleep. It was like six o'clock. And he came in maybe an hour later with a dinner tray. Okay. And... Um, I, you know, I didn't touch it. I was like, I can't eat. I'm sick. But like, I, I mean, it, I felt like I was like eight and my mother had brought me like soup on a tray. I felt so loved and supported. And so I, you know, I started to understand that it's the fun and games I had in that first year. Ooh, that was fun. Uh, they, that was fun. And I'm not saying that's behind me. 
but I, but it's nice to be, have someone in my corner. I see oh. that too now. Yeah. Well, and for the people who are listening, it's reminding me because I remember I met my current husband right when he finalized his divorce mm -hmm. that had been going on for some time. I was a few years beyond it, mine. And there, you know, it, just as we always talk about people being at different phases, sometimes in the divorce, like one of the spouses is, has been thinking about yeah. it forever and they're way down the road, whereas it's blindside for the other, mm -hmm. you can have that in a new relationship post divorce as well, where mm -hmm. your one party is still really dealing. I say party because my lawyer brain is <laughs> one person, yeah. let me be, let me be a human being one person. <laughs> Um, is, is still feeling, you know, all the emotions as you have just so very eloquently described of what it's actually like to, you know, there is such a difference between being separated and being yeah. divorced. And until I think you actually have been in both spaces, it's really hard to describe. You just did a really good job of it. But it's something that I have said to people over and over and over again in my 30 plus years doing this. And I had to say to myself, um, you know, there's a big difference between you and how you feel. Well, you're still married, but you're getting out of that or you're moving beyond it. And when it's finalized. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments. I think a lot of milestone moments during that that really drive that point home. It's a lot of reconciling with the reality, not just the idea of it. And so, for example, when you realize that you're no longer on your husband's health insurance because you don't have a husband anymore, or that, you know, um, uh, you, well, you can't call him your husband anymore. That's another thing. And right. just, you know, there's alimony payments and there's titles of houses that are now in one person's name and not the other. And there's dropping on the car insurance. It's like, it goes on and on. And yep. in those first weeks that I was getting the emails that were like, don't forget to get your own car insurance. And, you know, don't forget to change this policy into your name. And every time I was like, wow, are you trying to nail this coffin shut? And so there is a reality to it that has to happen. And for me, I wanted that to happen in baby steps because every one of them, you know, the way I process things, I took every one of those things really to heart. Like, okay, my house is that house that was ours. That was our family house. Now it's his, my name is off of the title. Ouch, ouch, ouch. You know, yeah. I now have my own car insurance. Okay. I'm like, I'm a big girl now, you know, and he, for him, it was like, he's just more practical. You know, it was like paperwork, check, 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 you know, and, um, and there were times where I had to say to him, like, slow down. I'm, I'm not, I'm not at, and I'm not where you are. I'm not, I can't go at this pace. You know, like I just couldn't, he was sending me pictures of things in our country house saying like, do you want this? I'm renovating. And I was like, yeah, I want it. It's all mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in his mind, he was doing me a favor. He was being generous. You know, he was considering me and I, it, he was. And in my mind, it was, he was steamrolling me. It was too fast. So, you know, I think that's the part of why it's so important um, to maintain a civil and respectful relationship because your relationship is not just done. You know, you, you, there's just so much more, and especially because we have three children and it doesn't even, I mean, one of them is going to grad school in the fall, one is in college, you know, we're trying to figure things out for them still. We still have to talk about it. 
Um, and the more flexible and open we can be with each other, the better it is for everybody involved. But it, divorce is very hard. I would not have guessed it was going to be as hard as it was. I thought it was just kind of going to be more of the same. But also like getting the divorce agreement and seeing, you know, the dissolution of a marriage and yeah. the names of my children, just seeing the names and birth dates of my children spelled out in the divorce agreement. Page one, right? Ouch, ouch. Yeah, that yeah. was so painful. Like it just felt like our lives were on paper and then it was like, you just sign here and you're done. And I felt, we went to the first time we did the notaries, we went to the bank and, um, you know, we had like a hundred pieces of paper. There was whatever. And this older guy was helping us. He was the notary and we're trying to sort out the papers. And he, I felt, I felt so embarrassed. You know, I felt so ashamed. Like he's looking at us and it's like, we're just sitting here signing away our marriage. And he wasn't judging us. It wasn't coming from him. I just felt so like ashamed that this was where I had ended up. And I didn't, I would never have expected to feel shame. I only expected to feel relief. Yeah. So the, the feelings were all different, like came at me, felt blindsided again, you know, by how hard I found the divorce process to be and how liberated I feel now that it's behind me. But do you? Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I, you've mentioned and, and, you know, all of that resonates with me because frankly, I've, I signed my own divorce papers. I did it in the courthouse that I practiced law in yeah. as an attorney, went and stood in front of a judge that I knew very well and wow. who knew me and who thought I was there with a client, not me. Yeah. He didn't realize that, <laughs> uh, you know, so I remember wow. sitting there with my pen, pulling it out of my briefcase, the same pen I hand to clients. My dad, when I graduated from law school, I'm looking in my drawer here to see if it's here. He gave me a beautiful fountain pen. And so I use that when I was in person with clients for them to be able to sign. So at least there was a little formality and ceremony mm -hmm. to it, because as you've just pointed out, that's, you know, that's, there is ceremony and finality to it. So doing it at the bank with a sort of a generic notary, you know, that's, that may adds maybe a level of difficulty to it too, something for people to think about, but once it's over. So I did the same thing that you did. I, or maybe similar. I signed the house over to my ex. I got a new place, all my own. I renovated. It was the first time in my life that I picked colors that I wanted and did a kitchen exactly the way I wanted it. I know for anyone who's watching on the video, lean to one side, Laura. She's got her, her dishwasher behind her. I love that. She's in the middle of her renovation still, but there was something for me at least that was incredibly liberating and exciting and helped me through that phase. Because as you said, it's not maybe the family home. It's not as big. It's not as grand. It's not as this is not as that, but it was your mine and it's yours. Does it help? Is it, has that been yeah. a, a good adventure? Yeah. I mean, the renovation, it was hard. I'd never done it. Like my ex-husband works in real estate and has, and, and it's trained as an architect. So he has done all kinds of design, you know, renovations. We've done a million of them together, but I never did them. He did. And so this has been quite empowering for me to figure out how to do it and to buy everything. And, you know, like to have my fingerprints all over this place to know that every cabinet pull and door stopper and door handle I chose. Um, and I 
spent time, you know, finding things that were just right and that were in stock. So I, you know, everything I look at, like, I feel like my older kids, when they come home from college, they haven't seen this apartment yet because they just moved in a month ago. And when they come here and the apartment's going to be done, I feel like they have no idea, you know, only the 11 year olds because she was with me really right. like saw what went into it. Um, but it was funny because the first few days I was here, everyone kept saying, like my friends, this is so great. It's all yours. How does it feel? And honestly, what it felt was terrifying. Um, it didn't feel like, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. I felt terrified. Yeah. And, you know, because that's how I felt also like the very first night I went out on my own and I walked into a bar. I wasn't like, I'm single and I'm out. <laughs> I was like, I hope anybody sees me because I feel invisible. And I, that's how I felt. You know, I just felt really scared. I'm here alone now. I'm gonna figure out how to pick, hook up the printer. I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know how to get the Wi-Fi extenders working. I, you know, but it, I did it. I did it all, and it's it, it made me feel strong. It made me feel empowered. And um, and finally, after I settled in, like after a couple of weeks, when the boxes were gone and it started to feel more like a home, I felt a huge sense of accomplishment and ownership. And that has brought me a level of peace and comfort that, like I said, I didn't know how bad the divorce was gonna be. I didn't know how nice this feeling was gonna be either. Cause now it's mine. Like nobody can take it away from me. You know, yeah. it's that feeling of like, nobody can tell me I have to move from here. You know, it may not be perfect. It may not be exactly what I wanted or where I wanted, have enough bedrooms to everybody, but it, it's still mine. It's 100% yours yeah. and every little inch of it. Although I have to tell you, for some reason, I thought it was going to be turquoise and orange. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, I've got a very colorful bathroom. I love wallpaper. So there is one bathroom that has very vibrant colors. Uh, I am getting a very blue sofa because I needed a pullout sofa bed for my son when he comes yeah. home. So this is going to number six. This is my beautiful pink velvet sofa. Oh, oh so <laughs> number six is that he's getting the pink sofa. I love that. See, that is like my part with it. I was like, I love my sofa so much, and yours really isn't very comfortable. So um, he's he's taking this one. Well, that's um, great. It's a win win. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think it's yeah. a big win for him. But he's yeah. you know. He's like, it's, he's, it's going to make me look so metrosexual. I said, you're the most metrosexual man I've ever met in my life. Just embrace it. What do we care about what people Just think anymore? Be you. Well, that's, you know, yeah. I love that. Uh, what do we care what anybody thinks? Have you found, you mentioned you're now 51. So welcome to the fifties. I'm Thank there. So I've been there a little bit longer <laughs> than you. Um, and I have to say, you know, switching, switching gears here a bit, but I actually have really been loving my fifties. Um, I just find because it's that, Hey, I, I have a lot of experience of life. I've learned what's important to me and what's not important to me. I've weathered hardship and difficulties and losses. Um, I know in relationships, what's important to me now and have found a relationship that works for me. So in some ways, like fifties, awesome. I you totally know? agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, Everyone talks about midlife, like, you know, the aging or the aging in such a negative way. I think it's such a common trope in our culture to talk about aging in a negative way. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about menopause and we talk about sagging boobs and gray hair and blah, blah, blah. And it, all that is true. It's hard to watch yeah. your body change and your face change and your hair change color. And I'm not saying that doesn't, and hot flashes are not fun, 
But at the same time, I wouldn't go back to being in my 20s. I feel so confident now that I don't know everything. Like I used to think I had to know everything or pretend I knew things and I don't anymore. I know what I know. I've had the experiences that I've had. Um, I don't know everybody else's experiences and I feel very free from judgment. Like whatever happens to other people in their families, their marriages, um, I don't think, I don't feel it's not my place. I don't understand it. I know I don't understand what goes on between two people. It's complicated. It's layered. And I feel also like very satisfied that in many ways I got the life that I wanted. You know, I, I got the kids. I got the stable marriage for a very long time. I wanted that so much and I had it. And now I have something else. And I kind of like, I love that now at 51, I, I don't need a husband. I don't need a baby daddy. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to reinvent myself career-wise and I, I'm so excited, you know, because there's so much still ahead of me. And I feel like I'm, I'm embracing the fact that I'm, I'm going to keep changing and evolving and what I want is going to keep changing. And I think that is like the, really the beauty of midlife is that you just don't really care like so much. Like I used to care so much what people thought. I just don't really care anymore. I, I care what my kids think. I'm just going to pause for a second. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're so right. That is one of the beauties of sort of hitting that point in life and experience where we just realize that it's what we think that matters and yeah. what our experience of our lives is really, you know, the final the final thing that is, is really all that matters. So, you know, you just mentioned uh, your career and reinventing yourself at this point and moving forward. And I'm just thinking, you know, it, it's interesting. I talk to authors all the time, uh, but most of my authors are subject matter authors, mm -hmm. right? They're writing about divorce, moving beyond, having a better life, wonderful books, but they, although they may touch on their lives or come from life experience, it's not the same as your memoir, which is so you, so really your lived moment in time that you share so, so gracefully. Have you thought about sharing that next step that you've shared some of us, some of with us as to how you moved beyond? Do you have plans for a follow-up? I've thought about it and I'm just not sure I have enough to say in another book. You know, I think that my story, the, I don't want to say the interesting part of my story, but I'll say the meat of my story was really in that book because it really covered my recovery from divorce, my grieving and my moving on at the same time. Um, and I think I have more to say. So it's not that I don't think I have more to say. I'm just not sure that it would fill the pages of a book. You know, my life has become more, as, as number six would say, more routinized again. You know, um, I mean, I still, I still have some fun, um, you know, and I'm still figuring things out. But I, I, the, the excitement of the constant dating and the figuring out who I am and yes, I like sex and, you know, oh, this is, this, this is what online dating looks like now, you know, all of that. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I feel like I've, um, you know, I've worked in publishing before I stayed at home with my kids. Publishing has changed a lot and I don't think oh, yeah. I'd want to go back into it. Um, I, I love books so much. 
I love reading so much and it's, you know, working in a profession, like, you know what it's like when you're, when you do the thing that you love, you, you kind of stop loving it personally because it's a profession. Um, I love writing. I, I've discovered that I really love writing so much and processing my thoughts through writing. So I have a blog on Medium that I've started, I think I started writing it like around this time last year. And so yep. it's been almost a year and I really enjoy doing that. And I enjoy interacting and the feedback I get from people and, and giving back. And the same with the podcast. I just enjoy like communicating and interacting with people. So I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about different ways that I might be able to take the experience I've had and make it into something that um, can sustain me going forward. I, I really have enjoyed supporting other women through this process. I think a lot of people feel very alone. Um, I'm sure you know this from your work. I mean, I know for myself also, I got very attached to my lawyer um, because she yes. saw me at my lowest moments and I had to be very honest with her and she felt very protective of me. And so I did get very attached to her and it made me think about, you know, the many roles that could be filled, um, not by necessarily your lawyer, but like the divorce coach or, you know, a life coach or a dating coach. And so those are things that I'm thinking about, you know, that I, that I, I always want to keep writing. Um, but I also really like talking. <laughs> so. was just, well, that's, I'm thinking as we're sitting here, I'm like, I don't know if you've thought about like podcast or talk show, um, but you, you are so eloquent, not just with your word, written words, but with your spoken word and your ability to share with people. Um, and this type of format, one of the things that I love so much about podcasting is the ability to share experiences with people and be able to contribute myself, but also, you know, really hear from and allow other people to share their stories. And it strikes me, I don't know about you, <laughs> that you might be really good in this seat as well as the seat that you're in here. Well, thank you, Susan. Thanks for the vote of confidence. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought about it. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm like my... The thing is also, I feel like my mind is like firing off missiles, like in every direction. Cause I'm in this moment where it feels in this strange way, like anything is possible. You know, I could like take so many different, I could go back to school. I could write another book. I mean, that doesn't mean I could sell it, but you know, I could try. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like I'm so, pretty sure you, yeah. So many things that I feel like I want to do, which is like such a nice place to be, but I'm like overwhelming myself with ideas. You know, I'm like firing off. So I, I've been hoping that one of, one of my many ideas will like come take precedence over the rest. And I'll start to really get serious about following a path. Cause right now I have, a you know, like a little bit of security financially that I won't have in a couple of years. So I have this time the luxury and I recognize what a privileged position it is to be in this period of a year or two where I can build what I want to do, decide what I want to do. Um, and so I don't know, you know, I, I have to say, I'll, I want to add also just because so much of my book is about sex. Um, and when we were talking about midlife I, and I wanted to add this is that I think that's one of the reasons I love being 51 too, is that I own that I'm a sexual being and I like to have sex and I'm just open about it now. And it feels really good just to be able to say, like just to have regular conversations with people and to have people be so open with me because I'm so open with them. Uh, and I think that's another way in which I find being 51 really lovely is that 
I can embrace all of that. Like, I don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there's, you know, it's set, I'm not worried about making a baby. Like sex is just for fun. It's just, yeah. for, if it feels good for me and it's something I want to do. So I love that part of it too. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to be next. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. The world is my oyster. <laughs> it is. I, I love the, you said anything is possible. What a beautiful way to feel. What it an is. exciting, you know, uh, my podcast is divorce and beyond. Yeah. Well, how about a beyond where anything is possible? So um, I mean, what a wonderful, it, let's, we'll, we're going to leave it there for people until we have your next, when you're, you're going to let me know okay. what your next <laughs> yeah. steps are. Thank we're going to share that with everyone. But for right now, do you have any um, in-person or virtual book signings or book events that are coming up? I really don't. I mean, I have more podcast things coming up. I, I wish I had more in-person stuff. It's sort of, I think, um, you know, the world has sort of reopened finally or it's starting to and, uh, you know, in, in ways. And so I think like hopefully there'll be more in-person events. I have um, been a guest at a lot of book clubs. Like they've had me on by Zoom and I love that because I just, like people don't always like the book or they sometimes they find the sex TMI you know, that it's oversharing. And I'm, I find that really interesting to talk about and I'm not, I don't take it like that part. I don't take personally. It's not, you know, it's just not for everybody. So if anybody wants to have me to their book group, I'm happy to, um, you know, to jump in. And, and like I always say, I'm always happy to hear from readers. So I don't have anything coming up, but I'm, as I said, I'm on, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Medium. And um, if I have anything going on, I'm definitely going to shout about it because, you know, I love to do that. <laughs> well, you shout about it. You let me know about it and I'm going to shout about it. I, I will, of course, that. in the show notes, have links to the book, um, to Laura's site, to Laura's social media. So you can follow her. I'll get the medium blog on there. And I'm going to go talk to a couple of the Chicago bookstores. I know, cause I think Ooh. a book signing would be a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. So, I have so many friends in Chicago. I would love to come to Chicago. We would have a blast. So I'm not kidding. I just did a book signing with a friend recently here at Barbara's bookstore. We're good. I'm going to give Barbara a call and we're going to figure this out. So yeah. be on the lookout, everybody. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you, Susan. Oh, it would be fun to finally, I've, we've met like this several times. I would I love know. to do it in person. I need to get my book signed. So yeah. that's only <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for giving us this update on your, on your life, your journey. Um, we had a snapshot into one phase in your life. We now have a little more insight into where you've been since then. And as always, you're, you're so wonderful about sharing, you know, the real part of the journey, um, not the hearts and flowers um, that, I mean, there are, those are there as well, but the reality is, is something that honestly, I'm sure you've heard it from feedback on the book. I hear it from feedback on the podcast. It's the knowing you're not alone and that other people are going through what you're, you've gone through. That is the most valuable thing we can put out there for people. I could not agree with that more. In fact, I just had coffee with an old friend who has been through a very similar situation. It's been about five years for her and she really doesn't have a community of people. And this was just two days ago. And when we left, we gave each, we talked for three hours and we gave each other a big hug by and she said, I feel so much better because you understand you've been there. And yeah. that's like all we can do for each other, you know, is like to see each other and acknowledge uh, each other's pain. And it's certainly, listen, I got tons of support when I was separated, but there is something different between getting support of a friend who 
who gets it because they've been there or not a friend, just somebody in this community. And there's so many of us. So, uh, you know, no one should feel that they're alone. There is so, sadly, there are so many of us and, um, and it's a great community. You know? It is. It really we, is. We know we're here to sh share and support and you've done that in a myriad ways. So Laura, thank you so much. Thank you for letting us have another little real window into yeah. your life. As we Thank you. Yes, my actual real window. <laughs> and we'll see you in, for the next uh, the next phase. Let me know when it when it's happening. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Laura. I hope you enjoyed this special update episode with author Laura Friedman Williams. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, just visit the website www.divorceandbeyondpod.com and visit the recommended Beyond Reading page. And if you haven't listened to Laura's fantastic double episode from back last June entitled Sometimes Too Much is Just Enough, those are episodes 182 and 183. You can find them on the website or I'll put links to them in the show notes in, for today's episode. So tune in on Monday for the next episode of Divorce and Beyond. <laughs>